0: Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trina here with you. It is Tuesday, April 14th. Didn't have a show for you yesterday, unfortunately, just a kind of a crazy day that got away from me a little bit but rest assured there is plenty of content coming up and uh i will make it up to you guys with a, a few weekend shows especially next weekend with the giraffe we're probably going to do a couple of uh weekend shows uh, saturday and sunday so i will make it up to you and i do apologize but uh for today's show uh, a couple things i want to cover the first thing is I'm going to play for you the Locked On NFL Network's uh, mock draft. We did a, a a special. It's a week-long special, and it started last week on Friday. And I'm going to play for you the first part of that in this segment um, so you can really hear the guys – that put it together, Brian Peacock and and Matt Williamson and, you know, the whole crew that put this together did a fantastic job. And I'm going to play that first segment for you to give you a little taste. And if you want to hear the rest of it, you can do so by subscribing to the Locked On NFL podcast on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts available. Then in the second part of the show, I have Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And we're going to talk a little bit about The giants draft the latest smoke screens the scenarios and all that stuff so that's going to carry through through segments two and three and then we'll call it a day so i hope you enjoy it but first as promised here is the first part of the locked on nfl network's mock draft
2: they've been playing the game their entire life from the playground
1: Proms to
3: exercise and eat right. Don't forget sixty minutes a play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. Be
4: number
3: one. Maybe to their high school. That's here, hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes, full
5: hearts.
6: Can't Let's lose. go play some football. Let's go! To the university.
5: We have ninety-five players here, so accomplished as athletes in high school. We gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Oh.
2: Now, their lives are about to change. Forever. Become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. This is Locked On NFL, and this is the Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. Welcome to the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Brian Peacock here alongside... Former NFL scout Matt Williamson, we will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft. All 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover. Our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well as Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft Crew, Trevor Sykema and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick, throughout round one, On the Locked On NFL channel, teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished, and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing?
5: I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here, starting right now.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And it was one of the most popular, it was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better and the way things are right now in the world. And wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to all week long Matt as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the locked on NFL mock draft you've been through this what are teams doing in preparation the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams
5: well this year who the heck knows I mean (laughs) I'm sure that there's things like you know the the electronics or or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works checking double checking doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a a whole walkthrough basically of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling – agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't (laughs) flaring up but for the most part things should be done a couple days before the draft
2: let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network we have a pair of nfl draft shows draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino
3: It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Dudes podcast. And let me just tell you, as a couple of draft dudes, we are really excited for this Locked On Podcast Network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team. And uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close. And this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am.
7: Yeah, the big mystery here is, from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is, when does the offensive tackle run start, and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles, there's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks, Maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there remains to be seen. And the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here.
3: I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings? Who do they get if they are a uh, left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro- prospects? So uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the NFL is a passing league. And you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic.
7: Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into, looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. Hey,
4: everybody, Trevor Sycama and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like Trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think number one, we're not. It's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see. definitely. When not. only one person controls all 32 teams, there's going to be a lot more aggressive moves. So I expect to see big trade-ups. I expect to see surprising picks. Yep. And that's, that's the reality with these. When you're controlling just that one team, you go and get your guy. That's what we see in the league. I guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well. I'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round because it's just the possibilities are endless. We saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast. But I mean, what other positions are, are big ones? Quarterback, wide receiver, probably, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So to me, I'm really interested to see. We know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs who's wide receiver four, who's wide receiver five, and just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're
2: here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect, that should go first overall, if their phone is ringing, should they even be answering it or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft?
5: I mean, you answer it. And if someone offers you a Godfather like offer, you consider it and he still might not even say yes. I mean, I think Burrow is the super prospect. He would go first in almost every draft, you know, nine out of 10 years, That's a gift, and the Bengals need it. He's an Ohio guy. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true.
2: All right, with that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati, Joe Goodberry and Jake (laughs)
0: Lisko. the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily and without second thought select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask.
8: And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe be late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that, and the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. First time they've drafted number one since 2003, when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency, and I think they're looking at this squarely of saying, our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020.
0: That's right, the Bengals don't just spend money to spend money, this is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. He's of course expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover, and if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback
8: is the most important position, and I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time, and I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top, and you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, How do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that and that's okay because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20-25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply
6: put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. Leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cut-ups of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day.
2: All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about Arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated. And uh, I I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm. Once you get to the NFL level, it's played from the neck up. And I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And he, he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy, He does not have a power arm. And that worries me a little bit, considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and, you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that. But that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect. More
0: locked
2: on NFL draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection.
1: From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beer while you binge watch the hottest television series, sometimes you just need it to have it delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you love the convenience of having food from your favorite restaurants delivered right to your door, you're going to love Postmates. But here's the thing, Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They've actually made life easier with grocery deliveries, convenience store items, clothing, you name it. To get started, download Postmates' app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKED ON NFL for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. I'm joined now by good friend Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Always a pleasure to hear from him. And Edward, I hope you're doing well in these uh, crazy times.
9: Doing the best we can, Patty. Trying to stay safe. I hope. Uh, I hope you and all your listeners are doing the same. It's. Uh, it's not an easy time for anybody, but uh, we're here trying to do the best we can to to provide you guys a distraction.
1: Absolutely. Now, Ed, we are now about two weeks away, less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. We wanted to. Uh, talk to you a little bit about that the smoke is now coming in like crazy Um, now it just seems like the we're getting a little clarity in that a lot of the media which was previously split as to what the, the Giants might do in the first round they're starting to they're starting to kind of fall in unison here just want to get your take on the first round of the draft, what you think makes the most sense for the Giants, Isaiah Simmons or an offensive tackle? And if it's offensive tackle, which one do you like?
9: Well, Patty, you know, I have always, you and I have talked about this for years, about building from inside out. And now listen, I I get the allure of Isaiah Simmons. I get the, uh, the, the multifaceted ways that you can use him and yet, I have a couple of concerns. It's like, what exactly is he? You also have a first year defensive coordinator. Do we know for certain that Patrick Graham would actually be able to use Isaiah Simmons, you know, in the proper way in a way to get the maximum value out of him. But beyond all of that, listen, Dave Gettleman walked in the door, you know, two, two and a half years ago, saying, The first thing we have to do is fix this offensive line. He's tried, but he still hasn't done it. He's, you know, it's, in my view, it's better than it was. There are some good pieces there, but it's not fixed yet. And he also said a few months ago, you know, we have to give Daniel Jones the opportunity to learn to play quarterback while he's not flat on his back, you know, to learn to play quarterback at the NFL level. So for me, for me, you know, just the way that that I view team building, the lens that I view it through, the pick has to be the best offensive tackle on the board. Now, I'll be honest with you, you know, there's the big four, there's Tristan Wirfs, MacKay Beckton, Jedrick Wills, and, and Andrew Thomas. My favorite player out of that group, the guy that that I think has the biggest upside, The guy who could end up being the best player out of that group is Mikai Becton, you know, three hundred and sixty something pound guy out of Louisville who moves the way that he moves, who has that kind of power. And yet he's the biggest risk. He's the biggest risk, you know, for a lot of reasons. And you know, some of it has to do with the size and can he stay in shape. So for me, I think the pick is Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. I think he's a guy that can play both sides. He could swing to guard at some, you know, some point if 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 need be down the road. I think I think he offers the most flexibility and the ability to be the the right tackle in 2020 and then move over and play left tackle in 2021. So so for me, I think the obligation for the Giants is to fix that offensive line once and for all. And I wouldn't want to mess around. I would just, I would just take the guy that I think is is offensive tackle one and be done with it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that, Ed. I I agree with you at this point. Offensive tackle, you're going to have him on the field a hell of a lot more than you are um, the other. T- you know, I think Isaiah Simmons who. If you think about it, you're going to have to maybe take somebody off the field. I mean, he's still a good player, but I just think offensive tackle is is the way to go. Um, Let me ask you this. What would be the scenario that you think would absolutely come out of left field that nobody nobody saw coming for the Giants in, in the first round?
9: Well, the dream scenario, of course, is for the Washington Redskins to to take a quarterback or trade out of that spot and for Chase Young to fall to number 4. I think it's incredibly unlikely, but for me, I mean if you're talking about sitting at 4 and and not really talking about trading, you know, or, or moving around the board, for me that's the one scenario where I say, "Wait a minute." Skip the offensive line, you know. We'll 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 deal with that later. We'll make another move. We'll figure that out, you know. And, and just take Chase Young. I don't think it's likely. I think there's, you know, there's. I I wouldn't even want to put a percentage on it. I think the Redskins are locked in on Chase Young at number two. But for me, that's the scenario that makes me stop and say, I'm putting fixing the offensive line. You know, I'm that's. You know, we'll deal with that in the second round, and I'm taking the premium pass rusher in the draft.
1: That would be a dream scenario, I think, for a lot of people, Ed. But you know, it's interesting because you know Chase Young. You, you look at his production, and he's had some good production. But I think I've seen some reports that you know there was a little bit of concern that maybe he wasn't as productive toward down the stretch now I don't know if that was because he had an injury or or what was going on but would you say if if he does fall to the Giants that he is a you know that that's it you know this is a like a Saquon Barkley situation where Gettleman just falls in love and says that's it I'm running that card up to 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 you know or I'm in this case I'm emailing that card express to uh, Goodell
9: yeah, Patty, I think it's a no-brainer. I think that I think that if you're sitting at four and Chase Young is off the board, then I think you you entertain offers. You entertain an offer from Miami or you entertain an offer from the Chargers or you entertain the idea of taking twelve and nineteen from the Raiders. If you know, as long as you think you can still get, you know, one of the players that you're really, really interested in. But I think that, you know, for years now, we've talked about the Giants not having a premium pass rusher. The last one they had, you know, who was anywhere near the top of his game was Jason Pierre Paul. And, you know, that, I know that there's there's a lot of discussion now about should you build your defense from the back end to the front end or from the front end to the back, and and any way you slice it, edge pass rush, an edge defender who commands a double team has to be a plus for your defense. And you don't find those guys very often. So for me, I'm for me, that's a no brainer. I'm 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 taking Chase Young if he's sitting there and, and I'll figure out the rest of it later.
1: Now, Ed, I know, you know, Dave Gettleman will say, look, you don't go into the draft or any round of the draft saying, I need to get a fill in the blank here. But we, when we do our mock drafts, I know we look at it and I, and or at least I should, when I look at it, I say, OK, you know, best player, I'm not going to take three defensive linemen in a row. So with that said, we know that offensive line and edge rusher probably needs one and 1a. After that if you had to stack up the priority of the needs for for this team to be competitive, for this team to start turning the corner and going in the right direction, how would you stack those up?
9: Well, you can obviously, I mean, and and this goes back to the Simmons argument. I think that you need defensive playmakers. Um, but if you if if you want to talk about positions, you're talking about You're talking about guys, as you said, on the edge. You're talking about safety. You're talking about wide receiver on offense. And you're talking about the center position. Because as much as you and I love John Jalapio, if he's even back with the Giants this year, um, the Giants don't have a legitimate starting center. You look at the wide receiver situation, and and everybody loves Darius Slayton, as do I, and you love Sterling Shepard, but Sterling Shepard's you know one nasty concussion away from the end of his career, and and Golden Tate is on the backside of his career, and the Giants don't have a lot after that, so you need to you need to add there. Um, you know, on, on defense, as we've talked about, you need to add some edge talent. Maybe you need to add cornerback talent. You need to add you know you need to add a safety. So for me, it's defensively, it's just about anything you know anything other than than an interior lineman.
1: What's the sneakiest need on this team?
9: I think Patty. I think it's one of the things that that I mentioned already. I think it's wide receiver. I honestly think that people have have sort of underplayed the need for the Giants to add at wide receiver, and to be honest with you, if the right player, and I'm not talking about at four, but if the right player pops up, I think the Giants will address wide receiver a lot earlier than some people think.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I would even throw in tight end because even though the Giants have six tight ends on the roster, if you look at Jason Garrett's history, you will see that he likes to use a lot of multiple tight end sets, and you know Evan Ingram. I don't know that you can count on him, you know, given his injury history, if he's even going to be ready. So I would put tight end right up there in terms of sneaky needs. I, I, I happen to oh,
9: I was just going to say Patty, ahead, no, no, I I agree ahead. with you. I just don't know how easily you're going to be able to fill that need in this draft. It's there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of choices there.
1: There are a few, but I, it's just a matter of where you get them. You know, I, I would, I certainly wouldn't do it in the first two days. I would look to do it in, in day three, maybe, but you know, you have so many other needs that I, I just don't know if they're going to have enough uh, to get that they're going to, I think they may have to just roll the dice on, on, Evan Ingram having a big year and and producing but um again that's just not something you can count on given his history even though the guy is is tremendously talented you know and it's and it's unfortunate but um, it, I think it's a need that eventually the Giants are going to have to address. But and I want to go back to the offensive line for a minute. You know, you mentioned center, and I, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, the Giants have got to get a day one starter at tackle. They've got to get a day one starter at center." I've asked this question before, and um, you know, I, I just here's here's my concern. If you draft center in the first, actually, let me back up a little bit. I've always believed that you want to have um, your first three picks in in rounds one through three on the field by the end of their rookie year. And if you draft the rookie center, do you really want to start him at the same time as a rookie tackle, when you have a second year quarterback who still needs to show that he can read NFL defenses, or do you just say to yourself, you know what, let's get a guy who we can develop and let's go with Spencer Pulley in the interim. Patty,
9: that's an interesting, interesting debate. You could go with Pulley. You could put Nick Gates in there, you know, in, uh, when you finally do get a chance to, uh, you know, to get on the field in in training camp or, or whenever, and, and see if he's capable of of handling that job. You know, it it brings up it brings up an interesting thing, Patty. What we're talking about here is, you know, an off season that is going to be tremendously disrupted by COVID nineteen. Obviously, you know, the draft is going to be changed, and and there's no you know, OTAs, there's no, there's none of that off-season program taking place right now. And one of the difficult things is, you know, not every rookie walks in the door capable of playing week one, especially when you're talking about offensive linemen. So you might, you you might be right here. You know, I, I would have no problem you know, if, if you think if it's the second round or the third round or, or whatever, if you think the center is the best value on the board, you take him, but you're absolutely right. You know, offensive line, these guys need reps. They need to play together. They need to learn to communicate. They need to learn, you know, guys, tendencies and passing off stunts and, and exactly how, how to work together. So, it would be, or will be, very difficult to to ingratiate, you know, multiple rookies into a starting offensive line this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, but you know, especially the center situation, because again, I think if this were Eli Manning at at quarterback instead of Daniel Jones, I might not feel as as nervous about it. But I go back to last year and the struggles that they had between this, the, the quarterback and the center. And, you know, it wasn't as obvious, I think, you know, to the naked eye, but you had John Halapio, who was a great guy, a smart guy, but inexperienced. You know, that was his first full season playing center. You had Daniel Jones, a rookie, and you just wonder how many times some of the protection calls got screwed up. Whereas you wonder if, you know, an Eli Manning would have been able to better identify stuff and, and, and make the necessary corrections and, and protection calls. And, and that's why I'm just wondering if the Giants, you know, and, and I'm not saying this is going to cause them to, to wait until day three to pick a center. But I'm, I'm just questioning, you know, if the Giants, if they do get a center, say, in the second round, how much of a, uh, of a hurry are they going to be to get the kid on the field?
9: Sure. I mean, I think that uh, you could probably look at, you know, the Giants' third-round pick is 99. I think their fifth-round pick is at 150. And you can probably look at somewhere in that range, you know, the, the 99th to the 150th. Somewhere in that range, I think, would be a sweet spot to, uh, to grab a center. Maybe Matt Hennessy from Temple maybe the, the kid Taylor B is from, uh, from Wisconsin, you know, one, one somewhere, somebody along that line, like you said, who, who maybe wouldn't be asked to play week one, but could be developed, you know, maybe as a late season starter or, you know, as a guy to, to take that job in 2021.
1: Ed final question for you. And this is kind of a fun yet frustrating type of question. What's the one thing that the Giants would do in this draft that would make you absolutely say, what the heck are you doing, Dave?
9: Well, 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 well. As much as I think he's a wonderful player, if if they draft Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn at number four, I would hope, that the next thing Dave Gettleman does is announce his retirement. <laughs> Whoa. Because, Whoa.
3: Because
9: because as like I said, as much as he's a wonderful player, I I think he better stay in his basement if he makes that pick, because I think I think the fan base would go nuts. I just I, I just don't see I don't see how you can justify adding to a strength when you have so many other areas of weakness that you could address with that pick.
1: I wonder if the giants didn't perhaps float that out there in an effort to entice some of these teams that might be looking to get that player to trade up with them, you know, cause let's face it, there's so much smoke out there, especially now as we're drawing closer and closer to D-Day and, um, I just wonder if that's part of their strategy.
9: Oh, I think it almost has to be, Patty. You float things, you know. You you want to entice, you know. For example, the uh, the, the Giants are sitting at four, and depending on what happens in front of them with the first three picks, you know, they're not ta- the Giants are not taking quarterback. The Miami Dolphins are almost certainly taking a quarterback if the Giants want to squeeze an extra draft pick out of the Dolphins for example they have to find a way to convince Miami that somebody's going to jump them you know for for whether it's Tua or whether it's Justin Herbert they have to find a way to do that so you've you've got to you you send up a, a little smoke you 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 float some some things that that, that maybe are real and maybe aren't real. And you see if you can entice Miami to, to come up and, and give you one of their second round picks, you know, to move up one spot. So, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there right now.
1: There certainly is. But, you know, one thing, like I said at, at the beginning, Ed, we're starting to see – a consensus, even amongst the national draft analysts who maybe were picking somebody else for the Giants, now they're changing their tunes and I'm seeing more and more people uh, go towards Tristan Wirfs as the first uh, pick for the Giants and it's going to be a lot of fun as always. It's going to be we're, I'm sure we're going to have some what the heck moments. I'm sure we're going to have some uh you know some yay, good for you Dave moments and it'll be here soon enough, my friend. All
9: right. And uh, and then we'll get to uh you know after after months and months of of discussing, you know, what the Giants will do, then then we'll get to go on Twitter and into the comments on on both of our websites and and see people shred what they actually
1: did exactly all right ed my friend thank you so much for the time giant fans thank you so much for listening for ed valentine this is patricia trainer we'll talk to you again soon take care